Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 4. We should live humbly and without pretense in the sight of God. Christ the Beloved speaks, My son, walk without pretense in my sight, ever seeking me in singleness of heart. The man who so walks in my sight will be shielded from the assaults of evil. The truth will free him from those who would lead him astray and from the backbiting of the wicked. If it is the truth that frees you, you will be free indeed. The vain words of men will leave you unconcerned. The learner. Lord, what you say is true, so let it be with me, I beg you. Let the truth be my teacher, my guard, and my preserver until at last I reach salvation. Let it free me from every evil affection, every ill-regulated love, and I will walk beside you in utter freedom of heart. Christ the Beloved. I will teach you, says truth, what is right and pleasing in my sight. With great grief and regret, recall your sins to mind. Never imagine yourself to be of any account because of the good deeds you have, may have done. The plain fact is this. You are a sinner, the prey of many passions with which you are enmeshed. Left to yourself, you can never get anywhere. You soon fall away, soon lose the battle, are soon confused, soon unmanned. You have nothing to brag about, much that would make you take a poor view of yourself. You are much weaker than you think. Nothing then of all you do should seem to you a great achievement. Indeed, you should think nothing great, nothing precious or remarkable, nothing worth your consideration, but what is eternal. Nor should you think anything sublime or a fit object of your praise and your desire, but what is eternal. More than all else, it is the eternal truth that should be your delight. Your grief should always spring from the consciousness of your own utter wretchedness. There is nothing you should fear more than your own sins and vices, nothing you should think worthier of blame, nothing you should take more care to avoid. They ought to be a greater source of grief to you than the loss of anything you possess. There are some people who lack sincerity in their actions when in my presence. These, in their curiosity and conceit, would know my secrets and understand the sublime mysteries of God, neglecting themselves and their salvation. Such men, when I bar their way, often fall into great temptations and sins, the fault of their own pride and curiosity. Dread the judgment of God. Be afraid of the anger of him who is almighty. Do not search into the actions of the Most High. Rather, let your searching be for your own sins. How often, how grievously you have offended the number of good deeds you have failed to do. 
Some people carry their devotion only in books, others in pictures, others again in outward signs and representations. There are some who have me on their lips, but not much in their heart. There are those, too, whose understanding has been enlightened, whose affections have been purified. They sigh with longing for eternal life. Hearing of worldly matters depresses them. They satisfy, but reluctantly, the needs of bodily existence. Men such as these are well aware what it is that the spirit of truth speaks within them. This is the lesson he gives them, to look down on the things of earth and to love the things of heaven, to disregard the world and day long, night long, to thirst for heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every now and then, the imitation of Christ describes a man of great holiness, a person of great sanctity. And here in section four of this chapter is one of those lines. He says, hearing of worldly matters depresses them. They satisfy but reluctantly the needs of bodily existence. Men such as these are well aware what it is that the spirit of truth speaks within them. They long day and night for heaven. They thirst for heaven. Okay, so we read that. And if we say, well, that's not my current status. I don't really, I don't really know exactly what he's talking about from my personal experience. My understanding has not been so enlightened. My affections have not been so purified. I don't sigh with longing for eternal life, not on a regular basis. Okay, that's fine. This book is not written to make us feel good about ourselves in the sense of puffing up our ego, especially not this chapter. This chapter is about walking humbly before the Lord. And if this chapter puts before us an ideal, if it puts before us a state of soul that we have not yet achieved, that's okay. As long as we're not discouraged by that. Just because we are not there yet does not mean we can't get there. Were the apostles as holy as they were at the end of their life when they first met Jesus? No. Were the apostles perfectly humble after three years of being with, directly with Jesus, night and day. No. Right after their ordained priest at the Last Supper, after they've received First Communion, after they've had their feet washed by our Lord in an act of humility, what do they do? They argue with one another, who's the greatest? 
who's the greatest among them? And then when Christ is arrested, the 10 out of the 11 who were still faithful flee. In other words, human weakness does not easily get taken away. Learning to love heaven, learning to love the things that are eternal. Of course, those things are most lovable in themselves, but it's hard for us to reach that state. Saints are not made in four days, St. Philip said. So what do we have to do? Do we have to just pull ourselves up with our bootstraps, just determine, okay, now, now's the day I'm going to live for eternity? No, it doesn't work that way. He says that people who try to act from pride, the Lord bars the way. People who try to become saints on their own power, their own strength, the Lord bars the way to them. So they learn that it's not by our own strength. And so what do we have to do? Well, the beginning of this chapter, he tells us. Not so much in words, but by his example. He's illustrating the way we should live by the way he writes these chapters. And how should we live? I beg you, Lord. Notice how many times he uses the word let in that second paragraph. Let it be with me. Let the truth be my teacher. Let it free me from every evil affection. In other words, Lord, allow this to happen. Grant this to happen. So that what? So that I can walk beside you in utter freedom of heart. That's what we're going for. Freedom of heart. Lord, give us a new heart. Give us your own heart. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.